Welcome back to Throwing Hands. Uh, we uh, will be previewing uh, UFC 255, which is uh, Saturday, which is probably when you're listening to this. But uh, yeah, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, oh, before we start, Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be back. I am too. All right. So we're going to start with the featured uh, uh, preliminary bout, um, Brandon Moreno versus uh, Brandon Roy Val. This probably determines who's up next for the flyweight title unless Garbrandt uh, gets healthy and comes down. But, you know, Brandon Roy Val coming off a nice uh, submission of Kai Car France back in, oh, what was it, last month. And, you know, Brandon Moreno, um, he's, he's looking good. He's, uh, you know, we might interview him sometime in the near future because, you know, we work with, with uh, 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 Iridium. But, you know, he, he's coming off <clears throat> a win against Juicy Air Formiga. What do you have to say about this fight? I'm really excited for this fight because, like you said, I think this decides as Cody Garbrandt gets healthy faster than we're expecting who the next challenger for the winner of the main event tomorrow is going to be. And, uh, you know, Brandon Moreno is at a point to where he's won three of his last four fights, uh, and the fourth one was a a split draw. And these are two guys that are both relatively new to the UFC, so it's kind of exciting. Moreno is already up there as the number two contender in this division. And, yeah, it's a pretty thin division, uh, but he's he's there after just three fights. That means the UFC obviously sees something in him. Had a split draw with Askar Askarov uh, in his UFC debut after he won the LFA Flyweight Championship uh, in in his last fight with LFA. Well, actually, I'm completely off base looking at his record. He's been in the UFC for a while now. I was uh, the the LFA fight back in 2019 caught me off guard, uh, but uh, he he actually stepped away from the UFC for one fight, won the LFA flyweight championship, which is is crazy to me. But he got two performance of the night bonuses uh, going back to 2016, uh, and again he's been there since 2016, but he's not fought super often, only a couple times a year usually. He got busy in 2019 though, uh, but he's he's beaten uh, Kaikar France and Juicy Formiga in back to back fights, uh, so he. He's a really entertaining guy, and these are two guys that really can, can get it done on the ground, uh, but they can they can handle themselves on their feet as well. Uh, but this fight, I think, is going to be decided when it goes to Matt Brandon. Roy Val really is somebody that's come, come flying in out of nowhere. He's only had two UFC fights, and he was already the number six guy in the division. Uh, I'm really excited to see these two guys square off. It's going to be a great fight, particularly when it goes to the mat, and I think this is a solid fight that could help decide some things really in the future of the flyweight division because uh, – You've got a couple young guys here, Roy Val at 28 and Moreno at 26. Uh, that yes, Davis and Figueredo is the champion, and I think he could be the champion for a long time. But if you're looking at the future of contendership in this division, it goes straight through Roy Val and Moreno. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with anything you said there, so I'm not even going to add anything. All right, when we let's head over to the keys for the match. I think that they're both pretty similar, so I think who I think top control. I don't think this will go to. Uh, a, I think this will go to a decision. So I think top control is going to be pivotal in this in this fight. And you know, if 
these guys have to work. So it's, it's going to be a close fight. I can't really uh, point out any keys. What do you have to say? Uh, yeah, I, I can't either. These are these are two very well matched guys when it comes to the fighting on the ground. Both of them are going to be looking for finishes there. But I think I agree with you. Uh, this is a fight that's going to go out over three rounds, and I think whoever is able to maintain top control is going to take the fight because that's who's going to be who controls the pace of the fight. Uh, so I would agree with you there. That's that's the key to this fight is maintaining control on the ground. Uh, because neither of these guys have been put in a position to really have to work off their back very much when we've seen them in the UFC. I'm not sure how either one responds in that situation. Uh, so it, it's, it's interesting because uh, both of them are going to uh, have to focus on keeping control of the fight when it is on the ground. Definitely. All right, to predictions. I'm going to take uh, Moreno by the decision. I think Roy Val, I think he'll get to that title shot and – within the next year or so, but now's not the time. What do you have to say? Yeah, I'm taking uh, Moreno as well in a decision. I think, uh, like you said, Roy Val's not quite there yet. All right. To the first bout of the main card, Marisa Shogun Hua versus Paul Craig. Paul Craig coming up a nice um, triangle submission. I mean, I, th- I think I'm right about that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, great grappler. Yep. Um, but, and then, you know, Hua. We don't, this guy doesn't need an introduction. He's one of the best to ever do it. So what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, this is a rematch uh, from a draw that we had back in November of 2019. Two fights ago for both of these guys. Uh, they had a split draw back in 2019 uh, in November. So it's been about a year. Uh, and then uh, they've both picked up wins since then uh, with, uh, excuse me, with, uh, with Shogun getting a win over Lil Nog. Uh, back in back in July, and then Paul Craig, as you said, a few days later, actually uh, getting that triangle win over Antigulov. So uh, this is going to be a really interesting fight, and it's going to be a really interesting mix of styles because, as we know, Shogun's one of the biggest knockout artists we've ever seen uh, in the UFC, whereas Paul Craig's an outstanding submission fighter uh, where 12 of his 13 wins have come on the ground. Uh, he's never uh, had a fight go the distance except his fight against Hua. So uh, it's very interesting to watch. This is going to be a very exciting fight, I think, because these are two guys that have figured each other out. These are two guys that have fought each other once before already. And I think this fight's going to end in a finish. It's either going to be Hua with a knockout or Craig with a submission. I'm not sure exactly which way that's going to go. I obviously uh, have uh, some idea, I think, but this is going to be a really interesting fight. It's a really interesting mix of styles, and it was a great fight the first time they went out there. Yeah, I I can't disagree with any, anything you said there. So I think when we head over the keys, which we're going to do right now, I think uh, for Hua, it's his best interest is going to be keeping this on the feet. Now, he can't handle himself on the ground. He's not a bad uh, grappler by any stretch of the imagination but only 4% of his wins have come from submissions. So it's obviously in his best interest to keep it on the feet. When we talk about Paul Craig, I think it's good to the ground and just work. What do you have to say? Yeah, it's going to be where this fight goes and who controls the pace. If Craig can dirty it up, take it to the ground, I think then he's going to have a great chance in this. But if Hua can keep this on the feet, keep Craig at a distance, then I think he's got a great chance. And, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the reach works here because they do have even reach, which bodes well for Paul Craig trying to get in, and he's actually got a leg reach advantage as well. Uh, so it's not like who is gonna have the the big reach advantage to try to keep him away uh, when they are on the feet. So uh, Craig's gonna have a good chance to take Hua to the ground. Uh, it's just gonna be a matter if he can do it successfully, and if Hua once it does get there can scramble and find himself back on his feet. Yeah. All right. So to predictions, I'm taking a Shogun by knockout. What about you? I'm going to agree with you. Two for two. We're, uh, we're right on the same page. Right on the same page. Can't complain there. All right. To uh, 
an interesting about uh, this holds implications for Calvillo more than it does Chikagian, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, Sathik Calvillo, a, a very nice crowd who's been getting better on the feet uh, over time. And then we have Caitlin Chikagian, who has um, uh, who's a has a karate slash. Uh, she has a little bit of, she when she gets you on the ground she's just trying to keep you there she has more of a wrestling style when it comes to her grappling but Calvillo you know she came up from the flyweight division and uh, put on a clinic against Jessica I what do you have to say about this matchup I'm a big fan of Cynthia Calvillo uh, and I think it's because I've been able to see in her last few fights honestly going back to last February when she fought Courtney Casey uh, on the Ngannou versus Velasquez card that she has developed so much as a striker that she's been able to in her last three fights win two out of three by decision with the third one being a majority draw uh, that was fought at a catch weight because she missed weight so there was uh, some some mitigating circumstances with that fight as well uh, but uh, she's developed as a fighter so much it really in the last year or two years even uh, so I, I think she's she was already very talented. She was already an accomplished grappler when she got to the UFC back in 2017. She took a loss against Carla Esparza in 2017 that I think turned some things around for her. And I think uh, as, as a striker, she's developed so much. I'm one of her biggest fans. Uh, I really love what she brings to the octagon. And then for Caitlin Chikagian, uh, there's, there's not much to say about about her she's uh, somewhat the class of this division when it comes to contenders she's coming off a loss to Andrade uh, who Cynthia or not Cynthia Calvillo just recently beat she beat Jessica I uh, but uh, this is going to be an interesting fight because Chikagian is trying to bounce back maintain dominance at the top of that division after missing or excuse me losing two of her last three fights uh, whereas Calvillo is really on the rise right now Chikagian's established but in this flyweight division Calvillo is still trying to figure things out after coming back in that last fight I think this is going to be really entertaining I think uh, this is going to be sort of a clash of not necessarily eras, but a clash of really who's coming up right now because Chikagian is the established fighter and Cynthia Calvillo is the one trying to crash the party. Yeah, you, you put it beautifully. I don't like, like you said, Calvillo is just trying to crash the party like Andrade did when she beat uh, Chikagian a few weeks ago. But let's talk about keys here. I think uh, Chikagian has a clear advantage in every reach department. She Her best interest is just. Keep her at bay with some leg kick. Uh, Calvillo at bay with some leg kicks. Uh, pick her, pick her shots. Excuse me. So I think that's what, those are my keys for Chikagian and for Calvillo. Obviously, get in the pocket, dirty it up, and just get it to the ground and work. What do you have to say? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think uh, it's going to be a very interesting fight uh, when it comes to how things are handled on the feet because Chikagian is so much bigger. She's got a five-inch height advantage, a four-inch reach advantage, and a five-inch leg reach advantage. So if this stays as a straight-up kickboxing fight, uh, which I think uh, Ch Caitlin Chikagian would really like it to, then she's got a great chance. But Calvillo, like you said, if, he, if you can dirty it up, if she can take it to the ground, if she can uh, just uh, make this a fight that is not necessarily one that is part of Caitlin Chikagian's MO when she does try to knock people off, usually by decision and usually with a lot of strikes, uh, then I think Calvillo's got a great chance. This is going to be a really interesting fight. It will be. All right, to predictions. Um, Caitlin Chikagian hasn't shown me much in order to convince me that she can beat Calvillo based on her past three fights. Um, so I'm going to take Calvillo in this one by yeah, decision. Give me Cynthia Calvillo by sub. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's a major up-and-comer in this division. I think this is the one that really puts her on the map. All righty. So uh, to the next bout, uh, we got Platinum, <laughs> Platinum Mike Perry versus Tim Means. 
this is a welterweight bout, but uh, according to Mike Perry's Twitter, he's probably playing head games, knowing who he is. But he uh, is having a little trouble with the weight cut. Um, and then we have Tim Means, uh, who's, you know, he's, he's been in the UFC for quite a while, uh, but he makes – violence is his persona in the octagon. He's, he's a, he does a lot of Muay Thai stuff, just clinches you and just tries to bang you with the knees. What do you have to say about this one? Uh, yeah, like you said, Tim Knees or Tim, Tim Knees. That's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But Tim Means, I should say, uh, is a very dangerous guy in the octagon to himself and to others, I should say, uh, because he, he puts himself in a position where he really goes after people, gets really aggressive. Uh, but sometimes it comes back to bite him. I mean, you go back to 2016. Uh, where he uh, fought against Alex Oliveira and uh, it ended up being a no contest because he landed two illegal knees uh, to a grounded opponent. But uh, you, you look through his record and he's just not really been able to break the glass ceiling uh, in, in this division where he's got some solid wins, but he's still not up to that level, even of a, of a guy like Nico Price, uh, who you can see developing uh, potentially as a contender in the future. So Means is a very entertaining fighter to watch. This is going to be an insane fight because you have Mike Perry who is insane and Tim Means who uh, just the way that he fights uh, is immediately fireworks. Uh, so yeah, Mike Perry is coming off, coming off of a win, his first win in a little while. Uh, but uh, like you said, uh, stuff going on with the weight cut, you never know what Mike Perry's going to do outside the octagon and you really don't know what he's going to do inside. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a very entertaining fight. This fight, I don't see it going past the first round. Somebody is getting knocked out within the first, however, in the first five minutes. I fully believe that. And it's going to be extremely entertaining. Uh, between these two guys, uh, with where they are in the rankings, which uh, to, to spoil it for you means not ranked. The fact that they are essentially the third fight from the from uh, the main event on this card uh, shows what the UFC thinks this is going to be, and they think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath, and it's going to be uh, just potentially uh, one of the most exciting fights of the year for however long it lasts. Yeah, someone someone's getting not. I, we don't even have to go over the keys. Um, I th I'm going to take Mike Perry by knockout if he makes his weight. or if, I mean, he'll decide to fight anyway, probably, because he's that insane. But, yeah, give me Mike Perry by knockout in the first round. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Perry as well. He seems to be uh, on another level of, of focus, if you can say that Mike Perry's focused about anything. <laughs> that last fight against Mickey Gall, it seemed like once he got to the octagon, he was on another level of focus than we'd seen in recent weeks, or recent years, I should say. And he's got a little bit of a mean streak going, so I'm going to take Mike Perry. Yeah, that's not a bad decision. All right, to the co-main event of the evening. Uh, I don't, do we even have to talk about this fight? Because we kind of know what's going to happen, to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, we'll, <laughs> you get a point. We'll, we'll gloss over it a tad bit. Uh, you got a point. <laughs> but we'll gloss over it. Valentina Shevchenko, I mean, I think she's the most terrifying person in the women's uh, division of, um, of UFC. Amanda Nunes? Well... Amanda Nunes is more dangerous, but yeah. she's more intimidating, I think. Okay. Uh, Amanda I Nunes you. is pretty nice. <laughs> I got you. I got but you. Th then Jennifer Maya, I mean, <laughs> I think she's just walking into, like, one of those tree shredders that those uh, uh, tree cutter guys have. She's diving head first into a wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, she's diving head first. <laughs> I was going to say buzzsaw, but we could go with wood chipper, too. <laughs> 
I, I don't. I mean, Valentina has every advantage imaginable. She doesn't even have – if she wants to use her grappling, she, she just will. She's just yeah. that imposing. <laughs> so, I mean, outside of her fights against Amanda Nunes, at least since she's been in the UFC, she's never been so much as challenged. Uh, like, she's fought everyone there is to fight – when it comes to women's MMA, uh, save for a couple of people, her only loss is to Amanda Nunes, but you go through her time in the UFC. I mean, Holly Holm, Juliana Pena, uh, Joanna Jinjatrick, Jessica I, Liz Carmouche, Caitlin Chikagian. Uh, like, like I, I don't know what to do with that because uh, those are have been the best women in MMA for quite a while. And other than Nunez, she's beaten all of them. Heck, some people and argue I that don't... she beat Nunez the second fight. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I don't – like, Jennifer Maya is a great fighter, but she lost to Caitlin Chikagian. She lost to Liz Carmouche. Like, I just don't see this being a competitive fight, to be completely honest. Yeah, and when we talk about Shevchenko, she literally used Caitlin Chikagian's thing of holding you down and beating you up against the person who, who's yeah. like, made that strategy a thing. Yeah. <laughs> So, I, give me Shevchenko by whatever the hell she wants to do. I mean, yeah. Like, will she submit it, her? Maybe. Will she knock her out? Maybe. If she doesn't want to try and take her decision, will she do that? Maybe. It, it's, it's completely up to her what she wants to do. Yeah, Jennifer Maya is going to have to commit to something. Like, she's a balanced fighter. She can knock people out. She can submit people. She can win by decision. She's going to have to commit to one of them because if not, Valentina Shevchenko is just going to pick her apart. Yeah, I th- yeah. Uh <laughs> Right, and that's crazy, that's crazy to say about somebody in Jennifer Maya uh, that has a good record in the UFC and is fighting for a title and has a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a black belt in Muay Thai. But Shevchenko is just on another level She's just, when it comes to mixed martial arts. You see, Shevchenko's just better. And like you said, Maya can take it to knock, to knock her out, submit, and to decision. But Shevchenko just does that all better. Yeah. <laughs> just far, far better. All right. Uh, I'm taking Shevchenko by knockout. What do you have to say? I'll take her with a sub just so we have something different. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, 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 did you see the – I can't believe the, the the athletic commission even sanctioned this fight. She's she's a minus 1,700 favorite. Oh, my gosh. I mean, ch- can you check up on that? But I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oh, that's – I will check that right now. Um, you, you continue, and I will find that for us. All right. All right. So – on to the main event of the evening. Um, Davis, <laughs> Davis and Figueredo uh, versus Alex Perez for the men's flyweight title fight. Uh, Davis and Figueredo coming off a nice win against Joseph Benavides, who, in my opinion, Benavides is the best fighter to never win a belt in the UFC. You can argue that, but you can make a decent argument for Benavides. But when we talk about Alex Perez, you know, first guy in the contender series to get a title shot, if I'm not mistaken. And he's in that win against, uh, I think it was the Sunshow, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, I need to look that up. Uh, Formiga, my, my apologies. But, you know, he kicked, he just kicked, he just chopped him down with his leg kicks. And, and it was in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could check that up again. I mean, I, dang, I really need to get this together. Yeah, first round, he chopped him down with leg kicks and won the fight. So these two guys are both very impressive. Uh, did you find the odds? I did from DraftKings. Uh, it is uh, Shevchenko minus sixteen sixty seven. <laughs> Maya's plus eight fifty. 
hey, if you want to win some money, bet on Jennifer Maya, I guess. <laughs> You're just going to lose You're going to lose it. You're going to lose your money. It, yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's bad. Insane. All right. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, Figueredo press fight? I mean, Figueredo, uh, we saw in this last fight against Benavidez uh, that obviously coming in overweight uh, in the first title fight between those two wasn't just something that uh, was was what led him to win that fight. I mean, he was absolutely brutal and absolutely dominant winning that title back in July. And I think we could potentially see him reign at the top of this division for quite a while just because he is a big flyweight and he's able to bring power and submission uh, work to this division. Uh, I think – uh, I think there's a chance for Perez to win this. I think he's got to stretch this fight out over five rounds. But even then, Figueredo has proven he can do that. It's going to be an uphill climb for Alex Perez. I think it's a way for him to win this fight. I think he's got to keep uh, Figueredo out of his kitchen, uh, which is obviously, uh, with, with Figueredo's size, having a two-and-a-half-inch reach advantage is going to be uh, difficult to deal with. Uh, but I think there is a path for Perez to win. I'm not sure it's a very clear one. Uh, but I think Figueredo, uh, if he wins this fight, uh, could establish himself as a very, very dominant flyweight champion for a good little while now. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. And uh, when we talk about Figueredo, I think he might be the most violent fighter in the men's division. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, what'd you say? I said yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's fun to watch. I mean. He can choose what he wants to do with you. He knocked out uh, – what's his face? Um, Benavidez the first time. And then, yeah, I'm going to sub him the next time. Mike, he's, he's that yeah. good, I think. I think I think the fly – so let's get to Keats here. I think Alex Perez just has to keep Matt Bay with leg kicks like he did against uh, Jusia Formiga. I mean, David Figueroa is not Formiga, but I think that's what Perez is going to have to do, just pick his shots. Maybe yeah. Figueroa, Figueroa lost to Formiga. Oh. So – Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's, there's, there's a way – yeah, there's a way. There is a way. But I think that way is very slim, and I'm going to take yeah. Figueredo by knockout. What do you have to say? Yeah, I'm taking Figueredo in this one as well by KO. Uh, like I said, there's a path for Perez, and it is to, to keep sticking and moving. Uh, don't let Figueredo get in tight. Like you said, chop him down with some leg kicks. Uh, but I think Figueredo's too much. Uh, he's kind of, uh, I guess you could say, uh, the irresistible force in this division. And I think uh, he's going to be there for quite a while and he's going to win this one in dominant fashion. Definitely. All right. To some news. Uh, a couple of days ago, Cowboy uh, Cerrone announced that he's moving back down to lightweight to have one last hurrah. I don't know how that will fare. I don't think that'll fare well for him. He hasn't been exactly fighting great. <laughs> Yeah, he's – I mean, Cowboy's on the roster essentially just as a respect thing because, I mean, they're never going to cut him from the roster. He's just going to be able to fight until he can't fight anymore or he doesn't want to fight anymore. Uh, so if he thinks that's what is going to be good for him, more power to him. Uh, but I'm just not sure – I'm just not sure he's got it anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, what, someone was just released. Uh, what, do you have anything? Uh, Paul Felder, new multi-fight deal with the UFC, uh, was announced today. Uh, so uh, he's not retiring. He's he's coming right back. Uh, obviously fought against uh, Rafael Dos Anjos on five days' notice, and uh, it's it's very interesting because uh, I think I think Paul Felder still has a lot left in the tank, as we saw on Saturday, and obviously he does too because he's coming back on a multi-fight deal. 
Definitely. Um, so McGregor Poirier's official. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Hamzat Shmaev and Leon Edwards is official. I can't wait. <laughs> we're, we're like you said before the podcast. We're getting absolutely spoiled here. Yeah. Uh, we have after this uh, plays versus Lewis, then Ermanson versus Holland, then uh, Shmaev versus uh. Oh no! They don't. Never mind. Uh, then two fifty six. Uh, that'll be oh, uh, Cyril Gain and uh, JDS are confirmed for that. By the way, oh, and big Cyril Gain guy for the nineteenth. It's uh, Hamzat versus Leon Edwards. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> there you go. And then Holloway versus Cater. Well, I mean, I I got really excited when I saw that. Yeah. Yep. All right. You got anything else? Uh, well, a quick couple quick notes. Um, right. A fight that we were both looking forward to, you texted me last night about this, uh, that Hayoni Barcelos is uh, not being allowed to compete against uh, Marab Davashvili on that December 5th card because uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission wouldn't medically clear him because he just fought in a three-round fight uh, this month, and uh, they, won't let him, uh, they won't let him fight less than a month later. So... Uh, Davishvili looking for another opponent on December 5th. We don't have any word on what that's going to or who that's going to be, but I would expect them to try to run him back out there as he's a pretty solid prospect that's had a lot of success in 2020. And then another interesting one, uh, something that I think will be uh, very entertaining when it does come around, uh, color commentator for the uh, Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight uh, will be uh, Israel Adesanya on the commentary desk alongside Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Al Bernstein for that one. So that should be a very entertaining commentary team. That should be interesting. I mean, this – what's his face? Adesanya is uh, quarantined for, like, every other week for two weeks, it seems like, these past few yeah. weeks. Like, ugh. why would you want to do that? Uh, I don't know. You tell I mean, me. I mean, you and I have gone through the quarantine. It, it's, it's That's right. Fun. It's not no. fun. No, um, I'm looking – trying to find uh, – Mike Perry has not weighed in yet, so well, I, I think he's going to bomb it, honestly. Probably. I mean, it's Mike it's Perry. Bad. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else if, if you want to add anything. I don't know. I'm good. Let's go. All righty. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Daniel, that was a good one. Thanks for coming back on. Yes, sir. And we will see you guys next time.